What's going on, everyone? Welcome to Talking Baseball. We hope you're doing well. We got a nice, fun conversation with David Dahl coming your way. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Talking Baseball. My name is Jimmy. I've got Trevor with me. I've got Jake with me, producer BBD in the home plate. And we are excited to bring you another conversation with an MLB player. This time we got all-star David Dahl. And I think something I'm not uh, embarrassed to say is I didn't know much about Dahl when um, – beforehand and then we started doing our research and I was like damn this guy whenever he plays has great numbers baseball is such a hard spot sport right now to get become a household name <laughs> like he was an all-star and in th- parts of three seasons there's some injuries and shortened seasons but like his numbers are great so Jake how much do, you're a Rockies guy how much uh of a of the doll fanhood were you before this interview yeah, man. I mean, again, you you know, I kind of get into some of the prospect stuff and he was a big prospect and like he talked about a little bit. I mean, he was the dude like he was his uh, he gets drafted and then he's the short season MVP. And he, we, we got a fun story um, about his minor league career coming through that. But man, he really is um, a dude you should know. And it also kind of turns into um, kind of the NBA effect that I talk about with baseball a little bit, how like if an NBA team comes to town, you know, they're one or two guys normally. The Rockies kind of already have that, though. Like, you you know Arenado, you know Story, you know Charlie Blackman. He's got the big beard. He's, you know, um, they play the song when he comes up. Uh, David Dahl is going to be a part of that, man. And that's where uh, I, I get excited about my Rockies. Because, man, when that lineup's right, like, people need to know about Dahl. And they have this good lefty-righty balance that, I mean, that lineup will wear you out. And he's a, I mean, he's, he's a really good young baseball player that you're right. More people need to know. Trev? I mean, I knew who he was. Um, and getting to talk to him is pretty cool. Like, he's a very laid-back dude. And uh, you can tell he takes baseball very seriously. And he'll tell you a story of kind of how he maybe got on that path, which I thought was funny. So, um, Good dude. And I think, you know, as we're doing more and more of these interviews, I think it's kind of like the general gist of all of these players is like, they're just, they're just good guys who happen to be blessed in a certain sport and have worked their ass off. And it's really cool just to hear everyone's individual story. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, just throw it straight to uh, the little chat we had a little warning. The internet got incredibly bad at the tail end of this. We tried to do some, some some figuring out or whatever but uh hopefully we can edit around it as much as we can but if you do hear some awkward silences or some bad internet you've been warned we are joined by father of rookie the golden retriever and all-star outfielder for your colorado rockies david Dahl. david how you doing man i'm doing well how are you guys doing Doing great. One day at a time, man. Yeah, One good day enough. at a time. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, we say it every time, like, stuck in this apartment. I went outside today already, so that's a win. But <laughs> we're, in, we're in New York City, and it's just yeah, it's 
bad there. Yeah. It's just, you know, there's no lawns. There's no nothing. So it's boring. But, you guys yeah, have a huge uh, thing called Central Park. Is that, is that closed? Like they, they roped that off or what? Well, they put a hospital in the middle of it. So like at some point it was kind of scary. It was like, that's where they're sending the sick. Like avoid the park, but Jake lives close there. I don't live close to Central Park. Yeah, I, I walk. I I have a golden doodle, David. Enough about us, but yeah, I bring <laughs> I bring I, I bring him there. That's usually my once a day if it's nice weather. What uh What are you doing? Are you getting outside daily? You getting your workouts outside? Are you Are you got other Rockies you're doing stuff with, or or what have you been up to? It's kind of just me solo right now. Um, but I'm I'm getting outside. I'm working out. I'm hitting every once in a while whenever I can in a cage with the guy I hit with. Just, you know, me and him, socially distancing. Um, have a place to work out. Uh, Luis Gonzalez's house, he's letting me use his weight room. So I go oh. in I go in kind of by myself at a certain time, do my workout, clean everything off, wipe everything down, and, you know, then I leave. I don't really see anyone. Um, but, yeah, able to get my work in. It's, it's getting really hot out here, though. So try to, try to get it all in kind of earlier in the morning because, you know, it's been like 105 out here right now. Are you just doing tea work or are you, I mean, is there a, you have a pitching machine as well or how are you, how are you getting the work in by yourself? Yeah, I got a hitting guy where, um, his name's Trent Otis. He, me and him go hit and we do, uh, we do some stuff off the tee and then he flips to me. Okay. And then he goes to the back of the cage lately and we've been trying to kind of make it more game-like where he goes to the back of the cage and just lets it, you know, <laughs> fastball, curveball, change up, like throws everything without telling me just to at least try to stay somewhat sharp and, you know, make sure whenever we do start back, I'm ready to go. How's this Love stuff? That. You ever give him like a nice swing and a miss on the curve and say, good, yeah, good, actually, nice, there's man. There's times where I'm like, okay, I might need to go get my foot guard here. Cause I'm about to foul <laughs> in the curves off my foot. He, he throws some good stuff. That's awesome. That are you fun. talking 50 yabos, Luis Gonzalez? You're, are, you're using his, his facility. That's pretty, are you yeah, like he, getting magic off the walls and stuff? Uh, or what? Let me, so I actually, his, his son, uh, Jacob, I, uh, I hit with this off season a lot with, uh, Trent and we used his place. So, uh, I, I became pretty close with them and they just, uh, you know, they let me kind of use their, use their, uh, little weight room outside. Um, they have a, they have like a warehouse in the back with a, weight room in a cage like it's, it's really nice but uh that i'm thankful they're allowing me to use it and gotta be smart though and i'm, I'm literally after i work out i'm wiping everything <laughs> down with you know i gotta make sure uh we're being safe and healthy what are, what are the non-baseball activities during quarantine for you netflix or I've reading been, or uh, video netflix. games i've been playing mlb the show uh i did the players league which mm-hmm. i was terrible at <laughs> so now I'm doing a road to the show. Uh, I got it on the easiest you can you can have it. So I can <laughs> uh, created David Dahl Jr. and uh, nice. he's, just, he's just tearing the league up right now. There you go. And a lot of and then I'm just hanging out. Of, I got a pool outside, so I'm just a lot of time at the pool. Gotta have the pool. Pool yeah. is so key right now. Yeah, especially in Arizona. Yeah, 105. You need you need a re- release yeah. from that. Great. Yeah, for sure. Who got you in the players league? Like who, who? Um, I think it was more so my wife. I started playing, you know, nothing to do. So I just started playing MLB the show and I played it in the past, but nothing like not competitive or anything. I usually just, you know, it's usually when I'm hurt, then I'll just play my season out online. I <laughs> 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 get your fix. Yeah. Uh, so I was just playing it and my wife kept posting stuff of me playing it. And I think uh, they just, I guess, did their research and saw that I played it or something and wanted me to, 
represent the Rockies, which, you know, I'm not like a huge gamer or anything. So I was kind of surprised. And, uh, I know John Gray is a big gamer. So I, I felt like he done <laughs> a little better than me. Um, but yeah, I went like six and 23 or something in the players league. It was bad. Yeah. That's all right. That's all yeah, right. It was, it was definitely fun. It was fun to, you know, live stream Twitch. It's my first time doing all that. So interacting with fans is, is fun. I, I would do it again though. You know what though? Like you might have went six and twenty three, but you're like an actual real all star. So yeah. you can always just be like, in real life, I'm really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. But uh, it's pretty accurate because everyone tells me like, stop swinging at everything on the game. You know, they were me, I was like, have you watched me play? I swing at everything in real life. Too. So it actually was actually was kind of real life right there. Does does your wife push you? Did she push you into the league? Because I know she does marketing stuff. She's she's with some pretty connected people. Has she uh, been like, hey, put like, yourself hey, out there? Sure. Is that why you're here? <laughs> she definitely posted about it, and then she she kind of convinced me to do it because at first I was like, eh, I don't know, and she's like, oh, that'd be good for you. So I decided to do it. But she definitely was the reason why I did it, and and uh, definitely definitely helped my I guess my brand and stuff. I got a lot, I got a little more following after that. Love <laughs> that. That's what MLB needs. Like I'm sure the MLB the show people were like, finally, we've yeah. been trying to get you to do this for so long. <laughs> it is cool to see the players actually like interact like you know the snail was all over it because he won and it's interesting he played played me and he killed me and i started just throwing at all his guys i just started hitting all of them (laughs) where i was i can't beat him so i'm just gonna drill (laughs) yeah you know if you like are facing a guy and he's got like a super cool chair and like really good headphones and like a background you're you're probably screwed like those guys like i'm playing in the living room i'm sitting (laughs) on my couch the tv's like 15 feet away from me using the big screen and then i'm playing snell he's in like a little office on a little computer headphones like it's this gaming room i'm like all right yeah this thing go well for me i'm so unfamiliar with MLB the show. I'm not a video game guy, but when the Madden scores come out, football players have responded like, oh, what, I'm only an 80 speed or whatever that. Is that exist in the baseball world? Like, Trev, and when uh, you guys are playing, like, does, do I you guys never, look at your own ratings? I never really looked at it until I started playing this, and I was pretty upset with where they had my speed, to be honest. <laughs> they had me at a 65 speed, which felt like I should be higher than that, but um, maybe I just need to go out and steal more bags to get it up. <laughs> yeah. You got to pay off the right people. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at it. It was four stolen bases last year and four caught stealing. Yeah. So I think they... <laughs> it wasn't they, good. Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> good. Uh, the thing that's is, not your fault, though. That doesn't mean you're yeah. slow. It just means that that's the game now. Nobody steals well, bases. I tried to steal on JT Real Muto, and he just... Always <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Day, so. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, I got this, and I'm sliding in. The ball's right there, but... Uh, I think too, with when you're hitting in front of you know Nolan and you got Charlie coming up, you don't want to just run into outs. Really, I feel like that's the game now too. Yeah, smart when you got you got like three other all stars hitting behind me, so it's you got to be got to be smart out there. I, I wanted to ask you about that because I I actually I lived in Denver for the past three years or so. I'm Rockies are I won't say my sleeper team, but I was there. I was in it. I'm I am a Yankees fan. I'm sorry. Um, but I love the Rocky stadium. I hype that lineup all the time. Cause people don't know how good that lineup is. Do you, do you feel like, or do you have a preferred spot in that lineup? Do you want those guys behind you? So, you know, you know, pitchers are going to give you something to hit or do you, 
do you want to drive in runs? Like what do you have a mindset or just put me uh, in? The- honestly, it's kind of whatever they need me to do. I think this year they were talking about leading, you know, I, was probably, I might've been leading off this year. So that's still a possibility to, I think they want it like me and then story, maybe Charlie Mullen or something like that. Um, and then in the past I've hit third, I've hit second. So it really, it really doesn't matter. I like, I like being at the top, obviously, like kind of up there in the order because you're sandwiched in between those those really good hitters. So I felt like, especially when I'm hitting, when I was hitting like two or three and I have, uh, you know, I was getting pitches to hit. They're not going to let Story, Charlie, or Nolan beat them. They're going to come after the guy in, in the middle. So I was I feel like I get a lot of pitches to hit that way. And it, it definitely helps me and it elevates my game. When you okay. came up, I mean, you talked about you know, your guy likes to swing. When you came up, you get a hit in your first game, and then you go on a 17-game hitting streak, which, poof, you said ties the record? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it ties was, it. Was that, like, that feeling, did, did you feel like, oh, this is easy? Or were you kind of perplexed? Or how did, how did that, like, the two That's weeks insane. feel? That's insane. That's insane. Never, never was easy. This game's hard, man. I just – I came up at a time where I was feeling really good. I went from double A and then I got promoted to triple A and something just clicked to where I was – I've never been locked in like that. And I think I was in triple A for, like, 17, 18 games or something. They called me up. So it was, like, the hottest I've ever been. And uh, when I was going through that, it was, it was pretty surreal, like, you know, facing, you know, I was facing Bartolo Colon, DeGrom, Syndergaard, Matt, wow. like really good pitchers. And, you know, I was able to, to compete, get some hits off of them. And then I really was, I was never thinking about the hitting streak. Like I never really thought about it until the game where I could have broke the record uh, <laughs> playing the Phillies. And I think it was – Camera up, or I forgot who they, I think it was him catching. And I come up to the plate, and you know, it's my first at bat. And the guy, he's talking to me, and he's telling the umpire, Oh, this guy's going for the record today. Like, oh, no. not oh. it. I, I struck out, I think, three times. I was swinging at balls that were bouncing in the dirt, like trying to get this hit. And you know, the, the one game I started to think about it was the game that I lost it. So, uh, but it was, it was a fun time. It was, it was cool to look back on. That's incredible, dude. Like, thinking about coming up and 17 straight games just getting that knock. Like, talk about, like, feeling settled right away. Like, a lot of guys – I know Stephen Vogt was, like, 0 for 30. Yeah. You know. It gave me a lot of confidence to think that, okay, I can can stick up here. I can compete. You know, I I feel like I belong up here. And that that definitely gave me a lot of confidence. So, um, and, you know, our coach at the time, Walt, he – I. Thank him a lot. He gave me the opportunity. He played me. Um, it was it was awesome. When I was just looking, I was going through your game log in the minor league to see if the streak continued, uh, uh, if it was like longer, if you combine them. But anyway, I saw the game before you got called up. You had four hits. Did you yeah. walk into the office and like, all right, guys, come on? Or did you no, did you have was, any sense? No, it was actually we were in Fresno, and. After that game, the next day was a day game, so I'm preparing to get ready. And we actually had a, a Forbes come into town. He was a front office in, in the front office. He was there, which I thought it was kind of weird that he was in Fresno for some reason. And he was he was there the night before where I got four hits. But the next day, I come in. I get ready to play the day game. I, I literally walk out to the field, get ready to stretch. And Glenn Allen Hill was our manager. Love love him. He's the best. And uh, he was on the phone, and I thought that was kind of weird. And he said, uh, hey, uh, 
and he stopped, he actually stops me. He's like, Hey, uh, he's right here. And he hung up and they called me in the office and called me and told me about it. But he, he was messing with me and was like, I think he got traded, like just messing around with me <laughs> and then brought me in the office. He was like, you know, you may, uh, you're getting the call up. And it was, it was very, it was very cool. Something you remember the rest of your life. Yeah. And then, I mean, your third game, you're in the two hole. So you like playing at the top of the order. I think like 10 games in you're leading off. Oh, so you, you got there pretty yeah. quick. Yeah, I th- I still remember my first game in the big leagues against uh, Guy Gallardo. Um, he was throwing like up shoot cutters, kind of like just hide. And I remember I think my first two at bats, I struck out both times on like six pitches or something. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm about to go back to Triple A. And then the next at bat, my third at bat, I get the two strikes again, and I'm like, the hat trick, my first game. This isn't gonna be good. Thankfully, <laughs> I got a knock and was able to. To move past all that <laughs> yeah do you see gallardo trev oh yeah I feel like yeah I faced him a lot uh he was with the brewers and then what baltimore yeah, um, yeah he's a guy i mean he does he has that fastball that kind of rides up and he's yeah. a spot guy and he's got to get change i mean he's a good pitcher he's been shoot yeah. man he had a really good career He's in the book. If that's what you're asking, Jake, okay, he's in the book right, okay. a couple he's times. Book, all right, right, dude. That's all I was asking. That's all I was asking. So it's uh, it's a big book. <laughs> it's like the only thing I did well. All right, <laughs> slightly bigger than mine. Um, David, I want to ask you this, and this might be a guy you're familiar with, uh, Mike Talkman, who's on the Yankees now. Um, he has amazing splits versus lefties, and so do you. Um, and we uh, we actually talked to him down at spring training, and he. He broke it down again. I don't know if you know him. He can get pretty intense, but he he kind of gave his whole approach. At, yeah. Do you have a certain approach versus lefties, or have you always been kind of split proof your whole life, or how how does that work for you? Yeah, um, yeah, I know Talkman really well. He played with the Rockies, obviously, in Triple A and the big leagues with us. So I've known him for a while. Uh, he's he's always been a great hitter. He doesn't chase anything. He doesn't swing bad pitches. So he's always had a really good eye at the plate. Always been really good. Um, for me, I, I think I'm always, even righties and lefties, my approach is pretty similar. I'm always thinking oppo, like left center gap, like drive something that way. The guy's throwing a little harder, I might shift a little more over to center. But for lefties, though, like it really doesn't matter who's on the mound. I'm trying to go left center, like line drive over short, really, just so I can stay in there and not, not fly open because – you know, that's what they're usually trying to do. The guys that are tough are the ones that can run sinkers in. Um, those are the tough, really tough lefties. But, uh, yeah, my approach has always just been oppo gap, left center, stay inside the ball. And then if something's in, just try to react to it and not, not panic and fly open. When you look at splits for Rockies guys, always there's always the course field stuff. And we talked to a bunch of uh, – what are the what's the name of the guys in Colorado, Jake? The that are we're friendly with? Uh, they're DNVR now. I, I forget what they used to be. Um, like BS and yeah, some weird acronym. We asked them what it meant, and they yeah, said yeah. it's just random letters. So <laughs> it's hard to remember. But anyway, they they told Jake and I like actually, there's the the reverse course field effect. Like when guys go on the road, it's actually harder to hit because there's just constantly the changing. Is that something that's actively on your mind? Like when you come up, do you guys, do hitters talk about that? Is there any, is there anything that you do like differently or know about? Yeah, it's definitely, it's real. Like it's hard when you spend a whole week or 10 days at home and 
you're seeing, you know, you're in altitude, the ball, the ball just doesn't break as much. You know, you're facing, you're seeing curveballs and they're not as sharp or the ball's not running as much. So you swing at some pitches where you can still get to and you can still get a knock because the outfield's so big. And then you go on the road, say to like San Fran or something, and you swing at a breaking ball and it's bouncing in the dirt and you're like, whoa, like I just, you know, because in Denver you were still able to get it because it hung up just a little bit. So the ball just moves a lot more when you're on the road. So the way we've been kind of towards the end of last year, I think it was more, it was like in DC or New York, we started talking, like really just trying to talk about it. And Charlie Blackman actually came up, had a great idea about now we simulate the pitcher we're facing that night in the cage or on the field pregame or something. And we put the machine on and we simulate his fastball or his breaking ball, his slider. So we're getting pretty much like competitive at bats in before we're even in the game. So it's helping us kind of adjust quicker. And I think when we started doing that, a lot of guys really bought into it and their, their road numbers definitely went up a lot more because it's, I mean, it's tough. It's something we have to deal with and, you know, it's part of it, but we're doing whatever we can to figure out ways to, to accelerate the, the pro that process and, and try not to, you know, where it takes three days, three games to get right. You, you can, the, the machines can simulate like certain pitchers stuff. Yeah, like you can like, yeah, we'll, we'll get like their spin rate and we'll simulate it. Like all the, they, they know how to do all that. I don't know how to do it. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> you like, you simulate Kershaw's curveball and then you guys are just like, ah, fuck that. Like let's. <laughs> we simulated a Scherzer slider in the cage before we faced him. And I went in there and I, I got swung and missed and like almost everyone on I'm like, maybe I just shouldn't swing at that pitch. Yeah, that's a good idea. Dude, there is if you if you do that and you like crank these machines up and you try you're you're trying to simulate these guys' pitches, the machine is nastier than the actual pitch. Like the, yeah. something about like the timing, like the timing and stuff. Yeah. Like you guy sure. putting the ball in the machine or like the red, yellow, green light, like you just can't synchronize your timing yet for it. Like I was I think that is a really good drill to do, but it will beat you down mentally. Yeah. Like you have to like say, okay, I'm probably not going to hit these well, but I just need to see it. Yeah. What I do is I usually, you know, I'll track like in my regular stance and I do a lot of work from, I call it like your launch position, like the position you want to get to kind of, and I just sit there on a machine. I'll usually just kind of sit there be relaxed and just try to be quick from there. Okay. Like, it, it takes away my leg lift and everything. So I don't really have to time it up. I can just work on being quick and I can still see the ball. Um, so I usually do a lot of like machine work just from like the launch position instead of, you know, trying that's to like, good. Yeah. yeah I've, takes I've learned time, pretty quick. Once, once you get dominated a lot by the machine, you're like, cause then you start thinking like, man, is this making me better or worse? Or you know, start getting in your head a little bit. So, uh, but we've kind of accepted that. Like, I'd rather get dominated in the cage and go out and get dominated for three straight games on the road. So. Yeah, I'm thinking about <clears throat> guys whose stuff isn't, like, nasty. Like, <clears throat> if you have a Lance Lynn who throws three different fastballs, you simulate that in the cage and just, like, have a day. Then mm -hmm. go out on the field and, like, wait, how is he actually making this work, though? Yeah. Like, Tanaka is another one of those guys where, you yeah. know, he's just he, – He's just so good at the placement. That's funny. Yeah. I never even like, you know that was a thing. Dealer, you know, guys with the spin weight heaters will will simulate that too, just to see how much like it's taken off. And because you know, Bueller is a guy that's he's tough to hit, especially in LA. 
Hey, you're not talking about, there's like not a machine that you can actually input spin rate into. You're just kind of trying to meter they, it. Right? I think our, we have like analytic guys and stuff that have all the, I don't think they type it into the machine, but I think they have like the spin radar, like all that kind of stuff that they can set up. And I guess that's, that's uh, right. Yeah. Some cameras or something. Uh, they have it set up before we really even get there. But you know, it, was, <laughs> it was something Charlie really, like he was tired of us just him, us. We're, we're just getting beat down on the road. So we, this is something like I think if our whole org or whole team buys in and really starts to do it, I think our numbers would be a lot better on the road. Yeah, that's awesome. Cool. We, I got, we I got, I got, okay, go ahead. Got it, Trev. Well, okay. I was, you're there. <laughs> oh, oh, you're, there. Oh. <laughs> you're there. I don't know if, I, if, if you want to answer this, but as we're doing research for uh, this interview, we're looking up, you know, some stuff and on your Wikipedia page, it talks about, a pretty sad day for you, I, I'd imagine. <laughs> In the lower level minor leagues, you missed a flight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you talk about that or is that you don't want to go into that? I mean, it's in the past. It's something that happened. I can talk about it. Yeah, it was more just I was stupid. Uh, I had my birthday at the end of spring. I went out with a bunch of the guys and I never really, you know, done any of that. And then I ended up just I couldn't wake up for my flight. And I... Uh, the next day or later that day, I actually bought my own ticket to get to Asheville. So I red-eyed it out there, made it to practice and everything and played the first game. And I'm like, all right, I'm good. And then after the first oh, the first game, I go 0 for 4, three punchies, called in the office. And they're like, hey, uh, you know, we know why you missed your flight, this and that. And they, they sent me back to Extended for like three weeks. Oh, my gosh. That Man, seems harsh, dude. That flight back was, oh, it was embarrassing. I was, I've never been so embarrassed about, uh, you know, something like that, especially because it's all in the media. Why I got, like, I remember it was on the bottom. It was on ESPN, the ticker on the bottom. Damn. <laughs> what? Yeah, it was crazy. It was, uh, but it's a learning experience. I mean, you got to, unfortunately, it happened to me, but I learned a lot from it. Dude, I feel yeah, like, sorry. I feel like everybody has, a similar story. I mean, that just happens. You're in the minor leagues, especially those flights. I mean, what time was the bus to the airport? Probably like three in the morning, four in the morning or something. Yeah. So everyone was kind of just like, we'll just go out and hang out and not sleep. And then, and I've, I've never been a guy that does that. I wasn't even, I was only 19. So <laughs> <laughs> that's so 19, nice so that's, that's a big reason why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor, you mentioned everyone has a story like that. I mean, we have a guest on our show. Could you make him feel a little better with maybe a story of your well, own? Or, Tre Trevor's, or, yeah, already, story? Trevor's already told us that he loved when he got cut from spring training because then he could go to the wet t-shirt contest. That was a booty shaking contest. Ah, <laughs> uh, same thing. No, no, look, everybody does. I've missed buses before. And then, yeah, you just got to figure out a way to get there. Yeah. Um, I, I actually didn't play in uh, the leagues really where you flew a lot. so. Um, I can understand like, dude, those buses are very early. And if you do decide, Hey, like it's always a dumb decision to say that, like, let's just stay up all night. That's yeah, never the, a good plan. <laughs> so, I mean, I've missed buses. I know a lot of people who have missed plane rides and, and bus rides. It's, it's a common thing. So like, I don't want you to feel bad about it. Obviously it's in the past, but yeah, um, I just, that's a, a lonely feeling, dude. Do you need, when you wake up, what time was it when you woke up? Uh, it wasn't too far. Like my friends were trying to get me up. I just couldn't get up. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, so actually, so I'm in the extended for like three 
weeks, and I finally get to go back to Asheville and nine games back, I tear my hamstring. And I'm, I used to be a guy that would eat horrible. Like, so when I was – I got drafted, I went to the Pioneer League in rookie ball, and I ended up, like, playing really well, like, killing it. I, I think I, I was the MVP of the league or short season. So I'm in my head, I'm like, okay, this is – you know, I'm an 18 year old. I'm an idiot. I'm like, I'm gonna be in the big leagues next year. You're the like, best. Pretty easy. <laughs> and uh, and then that was a very humbling, like you know, eye opening experience. You know, I, I get demoted for disciplinary reasons, and then I come back, and I was I was eating bad, and I actually had a bag of like sweet tarts in my back pocket, and I tear my hamstring. <laughs> oh my god! Like no one really knows about this, but yeah, I was an idiot back then, and I had to I had to grow up, and and I learned a lot of it the hard way. And I missed the whole year uh, that year in 13. So I only played like 10 games. Um, but, you know, that's part yeah. of the reason why I am who I am today. Yeah, you turn a negative into a positive. And, again, I'll keep saying, like, a lot of guys, you have to have those wake-up calls, especially for a young guy. You were drafted out of high school. You come in. You ball out. You're MVP of the Pioneer League. Like you said, you're like, nothing's going to phase me. Exactly. And sometimes you need something like that, you know, to kind of get your mind – back on track and now look I had, to, I had to get humbled for sure so it, it humbled me and and uh yeah that's awesome kind of crazy stories no one really knows about the the hamstring with the sweet tarts in the back like I thought I was a genius because I, I was like I'm being in the outfield just eating sweet tarts hanging out like, and then I, I tried to leg out an infield single and there went my hamstring Oof. that's funny man that's really funny and then, but then last year you find yourself in the all-star game. So, you know, journey gets you there. What was, what was that like? Uh, what was like when you found out you were going and then uh, walking into the clubhouse? Yeah. Um, I had a feeling that I, I, I had a chance. I thought I had a chance to make the all-star team, but I wasn't sure just because I knew, uh, you know, Trevor and Nolan and Charlie were going to make it. So I didn't know if they were going to take like four guys on one team, especially position players. But uh, we get there. I think we were playing the Dodgers that day, and uh, it was a it was a day game. And uh, I'm rolling out in the weight room, like stretching, getting ready, and, and so is Charlie. And Bud walks in, and he, he has a conversation with Charlie over there. And I'm like, all right, he definitely just told him he made the All Star team. <laughs> come on, come on. And uh, I thought he was he turned and he like started walking out. I was like, mm, this sucks. And then <laughs> back over, he's like, David, come with me. I was like, oh, okay. And then I was so nervous. I was like, you know, uh, he takes me into the office and on the TV behind me was uh, the all-star game red carpet it was talking about. And Bud goes, have you ever, uh, you ever watched the red carpet, you know, for the all-star game? I was like, yeah, I've watched it. It's pretty cool. He goes, well, you're going to be in it this year. You made the all-star team. And I was like, I didn't know. I didn't know what to say. I was speechless. Awesome. You know, he gave me a hug, told me, you know, I worked really hard for it. I deserve it. And, uh, Hey, sorry, rookie's chewing the back of the chair right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was, I was speechless. And then uh, they announced it during the game and, you know, the, the place, it was, it was really cool. And uh, uh, being at the all-star game, I think it was when it really hit me when I was like, wow, I'm, I'm here right now. Like, this is, this is pretty cool was when Dave Roberts called like a team meeting and he's like, you know, just look around and you know, you guys, you guys deserve this. You guys made it. I'm just looking around and it's all, all like the best players, you know, in the NL and, and then across the way was the, all the AL players. And I was just like, wow, this is, this is something. And it makes you want to, it makes you want to be in it every single year. Once you experience it, like it's, <laughs> you want to keep working hard. And that's what Nolan told me. He's like, isn't this awesome, man? You want to be in this every year? I'm like, yeah, this is, 
This is this is surreal. Yeah, you got some. Who was the I mean, Who was the one guy that you were like, holy crap? Uh, hello. Cian Trout, obviously a casino mother. You know, he's best player, and and just honestly, everyone. You know, Christian Yelich. He was a great. He's a great player. I love watching him play. Um, Acuna, all the all those guys, man. It was it's hard to choose just one. It was to be in a room with those guys was special. It's true. When you you when you step in the box, uh, is it kind of hey i'm here this is gonna be fun or were you nervous in that moment as well you did get a hit the national league only got five uh, hits and you got one of them i really wasn't nervous because uh i face i, I faced brad hand hand and i i faced him a lot when he was with san diego so at least i had a good idea of what he had and um it was something you know i was pretty relaxed actually i, I felt like i missed some pitches i should have crushed but uh, eventually i i snuck in a little, little <laughs> <laughs> which, which is really cool. You know, about a thousand. <laughs> that's awesome. Man. That's the way to do it, man. That's the way to do it. Have you, uh, ha- have you been able to like start thinking about this potential upcoming season yet? I know Trevor Plouffe was trying to break, break, break the news airwaves this week. Um, and there's a lot of different rumors, but, um, I, I mean, have you thought about like a condensed season at all or are you there yet? Or are you just waiting for information and you're going to go from there? Yeah, I'm just waiting for the information, kind of getting the updates. Obviously I want to play, like I'm, I miss it. I'm just, you know, I think all of us, you know, we're, we want to play we want to get out there and compete. I think that's the biggest, I miss competing against the best. And, uh, yeah, just trying to take it really day by day and make sure I am staying ready for whenever time comes uh, that's kind of all I'm, I'm really thinking about I, I got I got one for you um so <laughs> you grew up in Alabama correct Birmingham uh, yeah. yeah Birmingham born in Montgomery but you know grew up in Birmingham so why Auburn why not the Crimson like is it just a family thing or like is it like how, how did that happen yeah I grew up uh, I grew up an Auburn fan my family Auburn fans and uh, I just, that's the school I just really wanted to go to, but Bama actually offered me first and I used that as leverage to get Auburn to offer me. <laughs> um, but oh, yeah, that's, wow. that's where I wanted to go. That's but, awesome. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, I just grew up an Auburn fan. I was yeah. a big Auburn fan. So that's, that's the main reason. And we actually had a good class coming in. You, uh, you spent a lot of time in Connecticut. Jake's a Connecticut lifer. Uh, we lived in, we all lived in New Britain for a little bit, I think. And you were also with the, with the yard goats. Did you have a favorite spot in uh, Hartford or West Hartford when you were playing over there? Actually. So when I played for the yard goats, we were on the road the whole year. I was, you know, I was there for like the first half of the ah. season, but we, our home stadium was ready. So we actually played on the road the whole time and, oh, uh, yeah. got to experience playing some games without fans. Uh, we had to play some home games in New Hampshire and uh, the gates weren't open for any fans or anything. So it was literally like, you know, playing scrimmage games. <laughs> well, you were saying that you, you spent that year in the minors on the road with no fans. I mean, you're going to have to be doing that probably coming up mm-hmm. soon. Is that is that hard? Because Trevor was saying if it was him playing, he would need at least the fake crowd noise. Like pump that in, do the fake cheering, the fake like charge noises. Did they do that for you in the minors? And if not, do you think that you need that in the majors? Yeah, I think it's it's definitely it was tough. Um, 
But I think at this point, I think we're down to do anything right now. So I think we'd still be – the biggest thing is just getting getting the adrenaline and stuff going when you're playing with no fans. Uh, you know, the fans really really fire you up with the crowd and everything. So I think finding, finding ways to get that adrenaline going, which I think, you know, maybe playing – you know, fake fan noise or something could help. But yeah, in the minor leagues, they didn't do any of that. So it was, it was definitely tough, but I do think with baseball, we've been missing baseball so long guys want to get out there. I think the juices will be going even if there's no fans. When, when that first report leaks out about the, the Scottsdale bubble plan or the Arizona bubble, and it's talking about players getting isolated from their families and stuff. Do you like, do you have a moment where you look at your wife and it's like, Hey, <laughs> might have to see you later. Or is it like, we got to have a discussion or how does that even go down? Cause that's crazy. I hope it doesn't come to that. That would be, that'd be tough, man. Not seeing your wife or kids or family for, you know, what, four and a half months. That would, that won't be easy. So I hope it doesn't come to that, but, uh, yeah, when that first was announced, I was like, oh, man, I don't know. That's 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 going to be tough. So, But I think really I, I want to play, so I, I kind of will do anything, I guess, uh, hopefully. But like I said, I just hope it doesn't have to come to that. <laughs> I think we're good. We're, Trev, you got the, the scouting. You got the scoop. Home ballparks in Denver. No fans. That's what I'm hearing. It's, it's going to be majority home ballparks. Um, but, you know – Things could change rather quickly, especially in today's climate. So, I don't know. I, I just don't see how they would do that. And I think a lot of guys, yeah, they're like, yeah, we we would do it because what other choice do we have? But I think obviously the general preference would be like, let's just, you know, get to our home cities and so we can be with our families. That's a big deal, man. You need that support. Yeah, exactly. Baseball's a lonely Especially game. Guys, I think you know someone like I think Mike Trout's about to have his first uh, first kid, so that's something you you don't want to be separated from that. You want to be able to be there for the birth of your first child and and see your family during all that. So yeah, that's that's a lot of stuff that could happen. And hopefully, I like the idea of the you know playing home ballparks. You know, I think that's something I would love to do. Jake sent me a clip, especially hitting on- in Denver. You want to hit in Denver? Yeah, for sure. Jake sent me a, a clip on Twitter where a fan, a fan responded to something like, show us all your bloopers or whatever. And then you responded with the blooper video. So I love it. Obviously, I think that's the way you win over everyone. But did you like text a video guy or did you just like edit that together? Your own little I just blooper? Went on I, had, I had a lot of videos and stuff on my phone. So I literally just went on and put it together myself. I thought it was, <laughs> you know, I think the guys tweeted me before too about making errors so i was like all right i'll show like five really bad plays here and make fun of myself it's already happened it's it was i was embarrassed at the time but like you said you learn from all that stuff but also i mean that's just like great the most embarrassing was the uh wild the wild card game yeah the wild card game was definitely the most embarrassing one because obviously everyone was watching that one and (laughs) i whiffed it i i went i thought i was gonna make a really cool play like I'm running. I'm like, that ball's in the stands. I'm going to go take it out of the stands. And uh, the wind blew it back and wasn't ready for that. So that was thankfully Freeland got the double play next pitch or next next uh, hitter. So it didn't, didn't matter. Oh, that had to be a, such a huge sigh of relief when that double play gets turned. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, man. But it kind of like I actually let that, that play affect the rest of my bats and stuff, which is bad. I, I went up there like trying to make up for it and doing too much. And I, I had a lot of opportunities where I could have, 
you know, help the team win. And I would swing it like a first pitch and roll it over when it was a ball or, you know, so I, I let that kind of get to me a little bit, which, you know, it's like you said, you learn from it. It's playoffs. It's a different atmosphere. Yeah. There's no better feeling or worse feeling. If you make an error and then the pitcher picks you up or one of your teammates picks you up, you were just like, thank you so much. But a lot of times that doesn't happen and you make that air and all of a sudden there's a double and a homer and it's just, that's a lonely, lonely feeling, man. Yeah, for sure. Um, once I think Rizzo hit into the double play after, um, with and free and I went up to him again. I was like, thank you so much. Like you just helped me. Cause it was a club. I was like a one run ball game or like, I think it was tied or something. So, and I'm getting, I'm just getting, the fans are just wearing me out out there. And I'm like, Oh, can, can we just be, I'm like looking for the nearest exit. Like, how do I get out of here? That's great, man. <clears throat> so you added it together because your wife tweeted out that you were, you were searching for someone to teach you editing skills. Are you still uh, on the hunt? Have you have you dove into any program? Yeah, no, I haven't. I, I <laughs> it was more. I just get bored. I really just watch a lot of video of my swings. So I've been just putting all my swings on like you know one video where it just shows a lot, and then just kind of I haven't really looked into it too much. Uh, right. It's something I, I just like making videos of swings because I watch swings. If you need any help, I'm here. It's been my been all, the only thing I do for like okay. ten years. So it's Did like that. one thing I can offer you. <laughs> We'll get Premiere out. We'll, right. we'll go over it. <laughs> I, I guess my, my final question is, yeah, final question for me is, how, how do you like Denver, man? Like I said, I, I lived there for three years. I lived right by the ballpark for a little bit. I lived by uh, the country club. And, I mean, man, I, I love that damn city. Do you, do you have any, any restaurants or any bars you want to shout out? Maybe they'll throw you a couple drinks or something? Yeah. Um, I love STK there. That's a good, good spot. Um, Really, I, I don't – I eat more at the at the field, though. I don't eat too much. But I, I love the city itself. Like, it's it's beautiful. It reminds me when you're walking, you know, through downtown and stuff. It reminds me of, like, a movie set because it's so, it's so, like, clean and just, like, it's a beautiful city. And I, I love being there. Awesome. Well, we appreciate you uh, coming on and hanging out with us, man. This is awesome. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. Hopefully, uh, hopefully it's not too, you know, the video and stuff. It's a little – my Wi-Fi uh, was kind of bad today. Well, no, we got oh, it, God. man. We got editors. Hey, and if you love uh, watching videos, uh, I don't know if you heard, I got a show that we watch videos on. We can go over the swings and do all that. I'd love to have wow. you on. Oh, you had, uh, you had Christian Yelich on the, uh, the other day, right? I actually I did, I was, yeah. I was planning on listening to that. Today, He's I pretty good. I actually talked to Christian about like, his – yeah, I've talked to Christian about, like, uh, you know, what he changed or – because I remember when he – he made that um, when he stood a little taller, more narrow, he was coming off an all-star game. And then the second half, you know, his MVP year, he, he just changed in the second half to a little more narrow. So I talked to him about it a little bit like, Hey, you, you already were having success coming off an all-star game. What made you change? Were you a little hesitant to, to make any adjustments? And, you know, I've picked his brain a lot and especially when at the all-star game and texting him a little bit. So it's something I'm, I'm going to go watch that for sure. Yeah, cool. it's really good. The, I won't give it away because everyone go will go watch sequence, but Yelich says that he went into that all-star game feeling like he wasn't having a good season, which only, <laughs> I think, a very remote, small amount of baseball players can go into an all-star game not happy with their season. Yeah. That's crazy. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah, he goes into detail with it, and uh, it was awesome. But, yeah, if you're, if you're a guy that loves to pour over your video, I'd love to have you on, man.
So we'll, we'll, we'll have to yeah, link up. Definitely. Just let me know. I'll get all. Cool. Well, for sure. Awesome. All right. Thank you, man. We appreciate it. We'll catch up with you uh, down the road somewhere. Thanks brother. And there you have it. Big thank you to doll for joining us and uh, sharing part of his story and all that. Like the 17 game hitting streak is hilarious that he didn't really think about it until the catcher said it. What a, what a job by that catcher. Just get That's in like, his head. Yeah. It's fun. Unreal. It worked. It broke up the streak. He didn't get the record. Move. He said, yeah. uh, he did say have, in there that he thought it was savvy. Cameron Rupp. It was Cameron Rupp. I can confirm that. Confirmed. I have a Cameron Rupp uh, reference. Um, okay. When I asked for my release in a okay. Texas organization, Cameron Rupp took over my apartment for me. So thank you, Cameron Rupp. That was nice of you. That was wow. very kind. Do you think he redecorated? Do you think he hated your feng shui? Oh, no. I had like that like rent a furniture. That's the worst. So like I'm sure like you just Kia kept stuff? that. Yeah. No, like you 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 have to get these places furnished and it's like the worst furniture. It's like, I don't know, man. Anyways, it's a big help to me. So thanks, Cam. Cool. Wow. Yeah. All right. I think that's everything we got here for you today. Uh hopefully we get some more fun news. I don't know. This is delayed from the time we're recording it, so there could be crazy news. Anyway, we're out. Thank you guys very much. We will see you next episode. I think this is a Friday episode, so we'll see you Monday. Have a great weekend. Maybe. Maybe.